everybody and welcome to today's podcast. Today we welcome Nathan Swinson Buller of ImageCo to the podcast. Based in Leeds here in the UK, ImageCo have a global reach supplying clients worldwide. Their great success is attributed to a strong dynamic team, constant innovation and a can-do approach. ImageCo are addressing the needs of their clients and they are powering ahead. Nathan, thank you for joining us today and taking the time to share your insights. You're welcome. Good morning. Hi. Before we dive into today's questions, can you tell us about ImageCo? When was ImageCo founded? So technically, we started trading uh, in the year 2000, uh, and I, I joined in 2003, so not long, not long after the birth of, of ImageCo. Okay, that's great. And which sectors of the industry do you supply, Nathan? So we, we cover many, many sectors, so mainly retail, exhibition and events, uh, signage, general wide format print. There's so many, so many areas that we cover. We, we work with a lot of design agencies, so we will get ideas sent by a design agency just and they will want us to bring their ideas to life. Okay, so you have a, a studio and you take the whole, the whole job from, from the drawing board all the way through to production. Yeah, so we've got we do have our own design department. So if if someone does need that design input, we will take it from from initial brief, right the right through to production and installation. We've also got a team of project managers who who can we assign to to various projects, be it an exhibition event or retail display, or the retail rollout. Anything we we have it covered, and we will kind of assign a specific person to each project which they specialise in. Great, great. So you, you have project managers for every single application, really, then? Pretty much. That's great. <laughs> and which print applications are you using? So we well, predominantly wide format print. Um, so we, we've got Vutec, uh, Durst, HP Latex, and then we've got Zond Cutters, uh, Sign Facilities. And we cover everything from roll media, from light boxes, uh, direct print, Formex, uh, wallpapers, everything so from indoor signage outdoor signage wall coverings floor graphics which is very popular at the minute yes. <laughs> yeah anything anything large we can kind of turn our turn our hands to but more recently as well we're, we're kind of diversifying from just print so a lot of bespoke projects especially in the retail sector mm-hmm. again with with agencies coming up with concepts we'll just get a sketch um, or window scheme and then they'll say how are you going to make this so some of the agencies have asked us to kind of get involved with the design team that, at that particular agency and, and help specify how things will be produced, especially now with, with the sustainability, which I'm, I think you're going to cover later on. It's yeah. We're getting a lot of like the, the, some of the big global companies coming to the agencies, then coming to us on, on how to spec out things more sustainably. That's great. And I guess because you cover so many different print applications as well, you can print wallpapers, hard surfaces and textiles as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's uh, a big, big part of the business now is, is textile. Yeah. You know, in like light boxes and exhibition wraps, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, for, for somebody outside of the print world to put that together, trying to get color, color management through all of those different applications is a tough, a tough order if you're doing it from different, different manufacturers. Um, so, so that's a, it's a great resource that you offer, being able to sweet colour across all of those different surfaces for, for one job. 
which is yeah, it's, I mean, colour management is, is is kind of the forefront of of our technology downstairs. We've we've made quite a lot of investment into Caldera, mm-hmm. um, and we, we profile all the media is profiled, so we can accurately reproduce um, colour on on each device and each material. I mean, it's it's not as accurate as some of your more like lipo pets and things like that, wide format. But it it is critical and it's important as well. So we do we do manage it well. That's great. So you've got lots of innovations going on there too. Staying abreast with all of uh, getting towards Internet of Things and Industry Four Point Nought. <laughs> yeah, it's um, that's kind of where I come in. I, I sort of step back from daily production. Um, and project management and I, I, I always look to what's, what's next and what can be done so I like to push the boundaries of what we can achieve with our technology and I visit a lot of trade shows and speak to suppliers and yeah see what's going on and kind of try and keep abreast of things and just really yeah come up with innovative solutions especially with some of the, the medias we've been introduced to these last year or so there's the need to board possibilities there are endless um, and we've got a good partnership with Antalis and Zanita themselves in South Africa uh, we kind of feed off each other the innovative work so it's it's interesting. That's great. Um, ImageCo has achieved incredible growth in a very crowded sector of the marketplace and I think you've probably touched on in just uh, the last few comments really I think we can all start to give, get an insight as to why that is. Um, how do you attribute the success of your business Nathan? <sighs> Well, where do we start? Good team, <laughs> luck, <laughs> great marketing. Hard work. It's hard work, yeah. It, it, there's, there's lots of lots of factors. I could go on all day about this. You know, decisions we've made, investments in technology. When when we first took over ImageCo, myself and Simon, in 2015, we had aging kit. Um, and like I said, I was visiting trade shows and I kind of already knew what I wanted to do mm-hmm. um, before we took over, what kit we wanted to get to kind of take us to the next level of productivity and quality. So I think the first the first thing we did was, was buy a HP Latex um, and that kind of led us into the, the wall covering market okay. with, the, with the kind of the order, free, the order free technology and all the materials available. So I was getting show materials, really nice wall coverings, but the, the, the technology we had really couldn't print them. So I said, mm-hmm. yeah, these, these are great, but I don't think the printer's right. And then when I, when I discovered the latex, and I think latex 360 was at that point, yeah. I thought, right, this is it now. This is, where we can, this is where we can start pushing the wall coverings. Yeah, the latex. Um, I came yeah. I used to have I used to have a couple of those. They they were incredible machines, and they were second generation, weren't they? Actually, but um, I think yeah, they, I mean, cause, um, they were trailblazing yeah, that they, really. Yeah, well, I mean, we was looking at it for four years prior to me taking over, and I just wasn't convinced. And I think I ruined a couple of demos at HP <laughs> by giving them some tricky files. So we, we weren't ready for it. It's and then, good to do that. <laughs> Push yeah, the boundaries. Um, I think I might be barred from HP now. I'm sure you're not. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm invited over later this, this year to look at the new latex that's, that's coming out. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's, we're, we're very much fans of that that printer. But that yeah, that that kind of that gave us um, we on the back of getting the latex and pushing the wall coverings, we landed a contract for ten thousand meters of wallpaper printed installed for a, a resort in in the UK. Right. And that kind of gave us a platform to, to really go and push that, which we formed Image Co Interiors. So we're looking at all different types of different wallpapers, wall coverings, and it's kind of gone on from there, really, from like what the one piece, the giant stuff, to, yeah. to really nice concrete textured 
type material. It's yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, how that kind of interior, the, that side of the interior sector has all very much become about lifestyle and branding. So they don't want to yeah. buy off the shelf from the, the, the usual set no, of textures it, it, and everything. They want to actually create an environment um, that, that Brit builds loyalty for their visitors. Yeah, and it's all about customizability. You know, you can have a wall three meters by two meters unique to you with your own design on it and everything. And it's, it's, I think even like textiles now, obviously, is going into this, this personalization and things. It's all, yeah. it's, just, it's the same with wall coverings. It's unique to you. And yeah, it's not just off the shelf. It can be different. So, but I mean, the, the, yeah, the latex is just the beginning. We then invested in the Vutec, um, which is just an incredible uh, piece of kit. The productivity, speed, and quality has kind of then led us on to the work we're producing now, uh, still for the big retail rollouts, um, and given us that capacity to take on more work and get more work through. Then the Zund came, uh, the new Zund again, another workhorse. So we've just been mm. able to take on more work, produce it quickly, and really high quality. It's but great. then also, yeah, it's, it's it's important, and I think we've made we've made a few mistakes in the past, but the the, the kit choice has definitely um, has been right. Excellent, that's really good. Um, Nathan, how important has marketing activity been to the growth of your business? Uh, massively, um, up until I think it's mid. Mid 2018, which was a particularly bad bad year for Imageco, um, I would do any kind of bits of social uh, between and between the staff. We would we would do bits of bits and bats of things, LinkedIn, tweet, tweeting and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by chance, we were introduced to a, a company called Holston Marketing and Georgia Holston, who's the, the director of that company. Um, she we did we did an exhibition for them, and then she came and pitched her services to us. Um, and like I say, things weren't particularly rosy at that point. A uh, bit of a strange year, just in general for the for the industry. I think yeah, a few was, people yeah. were, were struggling, including including our, ourselves. Including me. So we, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't mind being honest. It was yeah. it was it wasn't a good year, and so obviously January is generally quiet apart from this year. But um, as a rule, it's it's quiet, and work tends to pick up in February and, and so on. Mm-hmm. It just didn't. Yeah. So there's a lot of sleepless nights and thinking, I need to really do something about this. <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah, so we were introduced to Holston. Uh, they pitched their services and we, we went with it. So straight away, they kind of came in into our business and really got to understand what we did um, and then did everything from just general marketing and strategies right through to kind of planning and planning ahead for years years to come. And George sat me down and says, what, what's your plan for five years, 10 years? I'm like, I don't know, I've only just kind of started. But then she get, she really got me started to think, you know, I do need to consider this now. It will soon come around. Yeah. So they've, yeah, they, they got to understand us. Um, and now everything on social media is, is literally those guys. They, they come up with ideas. Um, they've, they've helped us do the, the current rebrand, um, everything down to the new, the new logo and the, uh, the new slogan as well. And then they're the working on the new website at the minute, which looks absolutely fantastic. So that, that's going to be live in every, around a month. Oh, that's exciting. So yeah, they've, um, it is. And they, they make me sound quite intelligent, to be fair, as well, when they're writing the PR. <laughs> <laughs> when they're writing, writing the PR. Um, and they, they, to say they're not from a print background, um, they, they got to know and kind of have our, our tone within Perfect. weeks and months. 
So yeah, it's been it really has been amazing what they've done. That's great. That's that's really good, and and so good that you're reaping the rewards of that um, investment too. That's yeah, great. yeah, absolutely. It's it's worth every penny, and obviously, just with being an external agency, um, it it works well, and they're, they're really really good good bunch. I think they're the, um, the the official marketing partner now for the uh, UK Graphics Awards this year. That's Should great. that go ahead, which I think it will. So that's great. And when you look good. at it, when you look at it, Nathan, as an overhead as well, using outside agency is still, you know, more cost effective than employing somebody to do it in house. Absolutely, and there's, there's a team of um, five of them now, including Georgia. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's 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 much more beneficial than having an in house marketing team. That's great. And they they often put put ideas into into our head, you know. So they they've got a plan. Um, kind of a monthly, six-month plan of what's going to go out and when. So I, I need to feed them, obviously, the information and images and whatnot. Yeah. But then they just kind of take it on themselves. They send me things to sign off. So it's a massive weight off my shoulders. Absolutely. And even the website, I, I've done the last two websites, the content, um, it's taken me like six months. And now these, these guys have done it within a month or so, and it's going to be live soon. So it's just like a... Thank the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, we really look forward to seeing that, Nathan. That's going to be great. For this podcast, Nathan, we are in the middle of a global pandemic, which has taken us all by surprise. And I just would love to get your insights, really, is how how you think things are going to play out for the for the history books, really. And um, in my notes, I've, I've made a note here of, about the, the Spanish flu of 1918, you know, a completely different era, medical um innovations and were non-existent then and I'm sure that we're all going to get over this much much quicker but it did change at that point some some customer and consumer behavior um, with the various waves of infection and the hotspots and things that we have now um, and I wonder um, how how has your business been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic Nathan? Um, I mean, it's affected us massively. Within within a week of um, kind of the things getting serious, we, we lost all the event and exhibition work. So we we, we started to see the events cancelled. Um, tens of thousands of pounds of orders just dropped off literally there and then. Um, so that we, we were kind of expected that, and we did have a glimmer of hope that retail was open at that point because mm-hmm. we had some large retail orders in. Um, but then once the lockdown kind of came into force and the retail outlets were shut, that was it then. All all the, the retail work stopped and things started to dry up. However, um, we started to see things like social distancing, floor graphics Great. And, and things like that. So I, I was kind of says, right, fine, we're in a good position uh, financially to kind of weather this. And our accountant and ourselves, we worked out a plan on how we could, what kind of projections for like the next six months on based on, I think we've reduced the turnover to 20,000 a month, okay. um, uh, down from like several hundred a month. Yeah. And we kind of we worked out that we, we can get through. Um, obviously, with, with what uh, Boris and his his colleagues introduced as well with a furlough scheme. Uh, we made made use of that. Uh, we furloughed um, the majority of staff, leaving just enough of us behind to kind of deal with, with any work that we did get. So yeah, then then the inquiries started coming through for supermarket floor graphics, hospital floor graphics. And I said to our marketing team, this is right, let's not kind of start feeling sorry for ourselves. We need to really kind of innovate and what can we produce um, 
to aid this crisis. So I said, look, guys, I'll leave it with you, do some brainstorming and then come back. And then we've, we've now just launched a, a, like a range of products that are sustainable and um, benefit the crisis from. We've just donated, I think, 50 masks to the LGI, um, donated 20 masks to a local care home, you know, protective visors. So we're starting to produce things like that. Um, it's a self-assembly recyclable sanitation station made from Zanita board that's totally sustainable and you just literally can manage put it together yourself within two minutes I think it takes and just just everything uh, there's obviously a lot of like sneeze screens but I'm kind of thinking all oh, this is it's acrylic and there's yeah. a lot of acrylic getting produced is it recyclable I'm not too sure so we came up with concepts that were that could go in the paper waste um, so sneeze screens that can go in paper waste, pop-ups that could just go in paper waste, and all, all the all the graphics, the floor graphics, we are looking. Not, we're not the ones we have done so far aren't PVC free because they've not been spec that, but we have we are looking at now providing PVC free. Great, yeah, so, sourcing new substrates. Yeah, looking at substrates, so even an, a PVC free antibacterial laminate um, that can go on uh, stickers and everything. So yeah, it's, that's just gone live live today. So. I think I've done some mention before. We've obviously we've furloughed the majority of staff, but we are topping them up with twenty percent. Um, so we do need to keep keep kind of the revenue coming in without looking like we're profiteering too much. Mm-hmm. So we need to be able to pay them and obviously keep want to keep image go strong for when we do get out of this. Because when we do get out of this, I think it's going to go crazy. <laughs> so. I'm, I'm absolutely sure you're right. But also, as you just touched on, really as well, the next question was, um, how do you think the print industry can thrive in the current prices, crisis, and um, what new opportunities are there for POS and PPE textiles, etc., etc.? And you've just touched on it really in that, even in the in the heart of this crisis, you're you're being asked to provide those products. But there's no question moving forward for the next. 6, 12, almost perhaps even 18 months that the uh, the merchandising and the POS is going to have to change both in retail and um, in for events. Every sector of the industry is going to have to change how they would have done their wayfinding finding and signage, aren't they? I think I think so, yeah. And I think even as much as this social distancing, the mm-hmm. work that's going on for that, it's, it's not just going to suddenly stop and the shops aren't just going to open and flood in I think uh, yeah. it's going to have to be there for, for quite some time now. So, so that that type of work will be there, um, and with it being temporary work as well, a bit quite. I imagine there'll be quite a lot of it. So, there's going to be a lot of refreshing, there's... isn't there? A, a refreshing of each of those jobs, those orders as well. They're not going to. They're not going to have. They'll have longevity in the supply chain, but they will have to be replaced regularly. Well, that, that's it, yeah, and that's the type, kind of thing that companies like like us we need to need to be thinking about really, and and again, that's why we've changed our marketing tactics somewhat mm-hmm. to, to kind of to develop for this. So. That's great, Nathan, because you're pivoting, aren't you? You're pivoting to to it. This sounds really corny, but you are pivoting in in the in the midst of a, a pandemic to make sure that you, you, your business will survive and will will grow and flourish beyond COVID nineteen. Yeah, and we've, obviously we need to make sure that that does happen, and we are confident that it will happen. Good. But um, yeah, it's it's tricky. Like I say, we don't we are we are looking to to kind of make money, obviously, to keep us going. But at the same time, we we want to donate, uh, which is why we've donated to the to the NHS already, and we will we will do further further donations and helping in any which way we can. At the beginning, I'm thinking, well, what, what do we do? Do we just fill our vans with with toilet roll and go deliver to the elderly who've got none? <laughs> But then I was like, you know what? 
we're better than that. Let's let's get creative and uh, yeah. let's let's put it to good use. Well, social distancing saves lives, doesn't it? As you say, so um, being able it to does. segment people as they queue or wait, or just make people aware of what they have to do is is all is all great work. It, yeah, it's, it's really important, and it and it's actually working as well. Even where where we are around our area, it's not the most of savoury on the outskirts, and the people are actually listening, yeah. which <laughs> and they're taking note of the the floor stickers on the on the on the tarmac in, inside the supermarkets, and it's definitely it's definitely working. So the the work is there, and I think it will start to get more competitive. And we are we are getting quite a few inquiries now, and it's it, they are starting to hit rock bottom prices. But at that point, you say, look, yeah. Yeah, keep it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, walk away from without those, being, yeah. yeah, without yeah. being uh, rude. without being rude, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And Nathan, all great work, and it's wonderful to hear how much you're helping within the community. It's fabulous. So let's get back to talking about um, ImageCo. Um, yes. What was the biggest growth sector of your business before COVID, the COVID nineteen outbreak, and how do you expect this to be affected by the current climate? No doubt, it's um, it's definitely retail for mm-hmm. us. Um, even though retail is technically struggling, um, the, we're fortunate enough to work with some really big big brands um, via agencies. Nothing's direct, but the the brands we are working with are kind of on a global scale, and right. it, it's um, yeah, it's just phenomenal phenomenal work and a lot of it. And I think, um, like I mentioned before, retail is is kind of closed at the minute so the pos is is void but once once the shops do open then we're we are preparing ourselves for an onslaught <laughs> so it's just a case of of when really but obviously no one no one really knows that right now so i think the sooner the better but we've, we're patient we're not That's we're great. not panicking well, like you said earlier, you've got all the right technology at your fingertips, haven't you, to switch. And that's the great thing about digital is that it can switch it on, switch it off. And as you say, you know, just pivot, change your business model temporarily and then prepare for, um, for a, a, you know, to get out the gate as quickly as, as you can from that start. Well, that's it. And literally, if we, we could like just get, get guys back in a furlough now, um, get the machines running and we can have a rollout done in a few days. Yes. Um, and delivered uh, working with our with our delivery partner we just say them yeah this is where it's going send them a spreadsheet this is what we need it for and it's gone brilliant great great fantastic news Nathan Nathan tell us about um, sustainability because you have a really impressive sustainability mission it's obviously very very important Um, could you tell us about that mission for all sectors of your business yeah, so obviously it has become a, a massive thing for us, and it, it stemmed from I don't know if you, I'm sure everyone saw it, Blue Planet a couple of years ago yeah. with, the, with the images of the plastic in the ocean, yeah. and I just sat back and I thought, oh my word, this is bad, and I felt responsible for that. And at that point, I thought, right, I've got to do something about this now. Um, obviously, we, we use a lot of PVC products, um, wrap and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So 2019, I set about looking for uh, every possible sustainable alternative I could for media that we that we use, right, from PVC banners, which are PVC-free banners, been around a long time. Yeah. Um, but then kind of the more I spoke about it on social, the more I would get introduced to new products. Such as the Zanita board, which is the um, 
from Antalis. It's the fully recycled and repulpable board. Um, so some some of our customers in events, especially that we're using like a smartphone PVC, we said, how about this? It's completely sustainable. Um, and it's about yeah, just educating people on what, what can be done. So yeah, I think now we've pretty much got a an alternative for everything that we have had and um, this year was more about Im- implementation educating our customers on on what what can be had so it's i still see things going through on formex and I, i'll question it why is that why is that on pvc why is that not on um a recycled card or something does it have to be so it's obviously i've, I've kind of done this myself and now it's educating our sales team our production team our yeah. shop floor staff educating everyone it's also um, about educa- educating the buyer as well isn't it really because they don't necessarily yeah. they don't you know it's, it's it really isn't on their on their radar as deeply as it should be that they sh- you know they are they are they're contributing massively by placing the wrong or the wrong substrate on the order and not asking for alternatives yeah we, we did find that um in in the early days but now um i'm finding that especially some of the agencies who are looking at retail rollouts that they are coming to me and calling me the eco warriors right this is what we're doing and <laughs> the eco warrior <laughs> of the print industry fabulous love it yeah hippie <laughs> but yeah they're, they're coming to me now um and, and asking on what what materials should should they be using so then I can I can look at a brief and look at design and then specify a particular product that some of the some of the bigger work has to be globally available as well. Yes. So it has to be sourced, yeah, wherever. So this design then can roll out throughout the world. Some of the work is more is more local, uh, UK based. So we we can we can deal with that. We can produce it and and obviously install. That's great. But then it's. It, it, it's not just about the media as well. We've we've recently installed, uh, we've partnered up with Planet U, a Leeds-based company that are providing green energy. Um, but they've they've installed a voltage optimizer mm-hmm. in our factory, which which basically it reduces the amount of electricity we use on a daily basis, and just just kind of lets us use what's needed. If that makes sense, so it stops it from spiking um, and using unnecessary energy. Wow. So we've they've well they've calculated that. We are saving two thousand four hundred kilograms of CO two a year, just by just by having this installed. That's incredible, Nathan. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good piece of gear. Literally, when it got installed last week, I think it was. Yeah. So we've we've got live monitoring as well. That's that's not up and running yet. Obviously, they're 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 not in the office, but there will be a live like a live feed on what's actually being saved and and real real time output. And is that just by people by things being left on idle, etc.? Um, yeah, I'm not so sure. It's, it's how we explain it. It's just the 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 amount of energy is coming in is not required, so it's almost leaking, if you like. Right. Um, and it, it just it, they've they've taken an energy reading and it, it literally minimises. And we had all machines fully fully operating last week and everything was fine. So. Yes, it's um, like an electricity mesh. It's brilliant. It's really, really good. Nathan, moving forward, um, as clients start to request more sustainable substrates, how important is carbon offsetting? And can you explain to our listeners what it is? So carbon offsetting is actually to do with the fuel consumption because so we, we obviously travel around the country installing um, what we produce 
Um, the, the scheme is based on it's the fuel that you buy contributes to the planting of trees. Mm-hmm. So for every however much we spend on fuel, then a small portion of that is, is goes back to the to this scheme um, where they will then plant trees. I think at the last count, we've got a certificate, which is a little bit dated now, but I think there's 39, 40 trees on there. Great. And that, that's that's all it literally is. So when you... Obviously, the next, you say it's mandatory for the print industry. I think it's mandatory for every industry that they do this. And there's companies like Shell and um, quite a few others are doing it now. And it just all goes to the contributor of planting of trees. Um, I'm actually looking to get a full electric car for my next car. So that will eradicate my, my carbon emissions You'll completely. You'll be carbon zero. I'll be carbon zero indeed. <laughs> <laughs> this is great but it, it just shows how important it's becoming isn't it that you've got clients requesting sustainable substrates and of course those the sustainability traceability of those substrates reduces their carbon impact as well but the you uh, image image care as a company are also offsetting your movement too is um it's something you should be very very proud of i think that's a great a great insight and something that lots of people within the industry really need to move forward and start applying to their business models nathan yeah, and I think I think everyone should do it. And a few people have said, yeah, if you you know, I don't mind speaking openly about about what we're doing. And then people say, oh, but everyone else is going to copy you and follow us. But I don't think it's about that. I think everyone everyone is getting wise, and there's quite a few people doing it now with, with the sustainability, and which is good. And it, that's what I want to see. I've as much as is it competition or is it just an industry wide good thing? I think I like to see it as that. So it the is, more yeah. people I see doing it, it's it's better for the, for the planet basically. So crack on and get sustainable. Absolutely, That's what I it's, be- it's better. You know, it's all about supply and demand, isn't it? The more we, more people demand it, the more um, sustainable supply routes open up, and people will be able to access much greener. Um, substrates, textiles, papers, everything. Um, well, that's it, and mm, it will kind of echo down. Yeah, absolutely. It'll, it'll go down to the supplier having to kind of re reinnovate and re-change their lines so they are just, just supplying sustainable products. A good example is uh, Swan Line, paper and board. Yes. Um, they've got a bio plant now um, producing their energy, um, waste to energy, and then that's producing their board. Now their board is sustainable. They've eradicated plastic completely out of their business and just supply media and print as well. Um, They've done some so fantastic they're, they're, innovation there, haven't they? Yeah, it's amazing. And it, I've, I've been down there and um, we we were due to visit the, the, the core board factory over in Scunthorpe for mm-hmm. the next FESPA, FESPA meeting. Yeah. Whether that goes ahead, I'm not sure, but we, we will do. So I just think, yeah, we, we need to be looking at things like that in the future. I think everyone does. Definitely a growing agenda, and the faster we can speed up that agenda, I think, as an industry, the better. Definitely. So, yeah. Nathan, what are the most important certifications, and what do you look out for when sourcing sustainable board papers and textiles to use in your business? So, the materials themselves. So, it's not necessarily the certifications um, we look at, although mm-hmm. that is important, like the FSC approved uh, paper and card. Yeah. And it's just a general makeup of of the product. So we've we've got the um, the ocean text that we named um, the, the our recycled bottle fabric. Great. So when that was introduced to me as a light box fabric, I went, "Yep, this is perfect." Perfect. Yeah. Um, so then obviously I've got a, I kind of say yep, and then I've got a team back here who will deal with all the, the ins and outs of it. 
Um, and then same with wall coverings. We've got a recycled plastic bottle wall covering uh, from CMY UK. Then we're looking at um, things like eFlute again from Swanline that have the recycled, the actually recycled card. There's an eater ball that's recycled. So anything that's recycled from Fomexes to boards, so we, we're kind of looking at that. And then PVC free. So as soon as somebody says PVC free, it's recycled. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> let's get it in. Let's test it. Yep. I'm not going to pretend to know all about the certifications. Um, I'm still learning myself, so there, there is a lot to learn. But yeah, yeah, and I can I can kind of sit and read about it all day. But do I need to? I mean, the suppliers are kind of doing this for us, and they're educating us on on what's what. Um, so I just kind of take their lead and see. Yep, <laughs> it no, prints well. It's yeah. sustainable. It's good for us. That's great. And again, you know, for education, I think that's also about marketing too, isn't it? Really, for um, for the for the suppliers to it make, is, yeah. make it more transparent what is available yeah um like it's, it's down to them really on, on what yeah what to do that's great um nathan do you think the current crisis will delay the adoption of sustainability or do you think it's going to actually accelerate it within the printing community well i think i've touched up on this already yeah. we're seeing quite a lot of uh, I don't know, call it panicking or, or what, you know, producing quick things like sneeze screens on acrylic and plastics. Mm-hmm. Just, I think, just maybe step back and then look at the green cast and things like that and what we're doing with the Zanita, uh, the sustainable alternatives. So I don't know if, if sustainability is maybe kind of taking a backseat and just everyone's focused on more the, the, the pandemic and uh, the safety of, of kind of NHS staff and which, yeah, which supermarket is fair staff. Yeah, totally agreed, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which I think which sustainability comes second, obviously the, the health and safety of everyone um, is, is the most important. Yeah. But can, I think now it now it's kind of we've, we've passed the panic point almost, so mm-hmm. we just need to really take a step back and write, now we've got these new products and people are, these things are in demand, can we look at sustainable way to make them? Um, which might be another few days, few weeks down the line, but that's that's one thing where we're focusing already. And I think I mentioned as well, our products have gone live today on yeah. the on yeah. that. Yeah, you did. I'm gonna I'm gonna sneak forward a question actually, because I think it's more relevant at this point. Do you get any pushback against sustainable substrates where there might be an additional cost, or are people willing to pay a little bit more, or do they expect it to cost the same? Yeah, we we get asked that question, and do you know what? It is a little bit more expensive because the materials are more expensive. Uh-huh. So, you, for example, your your regular vinyl, um, for example, is is cheaper than your PVC free. Mm-hmm. So naturally, we we would have to charge that a little bit more. And I think some people are willing to pay that little bit more for for their own kind of ethos as well. If they're if they're selling onto their their customer and you know this is it's sustainable and yeah. this is the benefits then then there is there is value there that's great that's really good brilliant so we're nearly finished we're kind of into our last question or so now really um and i want to talk some about about some of the image co highlights of the last year tell us about the um the sustainable stand that you built at the D- digital city festival and um why you thought it was so important to both design, build, and use everything within that concept was made of sustainable visitors. And what was the reaction from the, the visitors? They were it was an event based towards events, wasn't it, Nathan? Is that correct? Yeah, the the marketing show is um, it, it's an event for for everything from digital marketing agencies to to uh, 
people like us, exhibition events, companies, video. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, there's, there's many, many different sectors there. And for us to, to build a sustainable stand, it's kind of going with the flow of what we're banging the drum about. Mm-hmm. And it, with events in particular, if you go to, for example, the NEC, at the end of an event, you've got stacks and stacks of waste mm-hmm. um, that goes nowhere. Yeah. So with building a, a stand, particularly out of repulpable board, but this can go all go back into the, the waste stream and be recycled. So it's just it's about creating that that space and that you can create an event space Uses. or an interior space even using this material that's sustainable. So you, you actually kind it, of starting to to adopt circular design, aren't you here as well? Yeah, purpose yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's good. And you got a great reaction from visitors. Yeah, um, a really good reaction. It's the, the last two years have, have been great and. Yeah, it makes you proud. Um, cause it's kind of when we just start from a basic concept of what we're going to do to see it realised and the, the feedback you get, it's um, it's brilliant. And you just know that you're doing your thing for the environment as well. It's it's win-win. Nathan, we've touched on so many things within this podcast, which you should be incredibly proud of. <laughs> you you yeah. really are um, trailblazing ahead here and um, it's, it's fabulous to hear. It really is. Um, Thank you. Nathan, finally the last question then. Um, what is next for ImageCo and uh, what, what do you plan for further expansion or even diversion into new sec- sectors? Um, you don't have to share your inner secrets, but uh, <laughs> what are you really looking forward to pushing out? Obviously, you've got your new website, which is going to launch in the next month yeah. or so. What else is on the agenda that we can all look forward to? If I tell you this, you'll have to delete it. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Do you know, we're, we're, we're a million miles now at the minute, and that's that's my fault. Um, I get ideas into my head all the time. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'm keen on is, is digital and things like projection, projection mapping, holographic projection. Um, we have been kind of looking at that for a while now, and it's like, where do we take it? But we, we're making inroads um, with that. And it's just a lot of, lot of trial and error, and we're very we'll get an idea we'll produce it and can can we sell it and i think it's as well as something new it's do we really need to race ahead so much and just focus on what we're doing well at the minute yeah so we are looking at new kit um down the line um so increasing our capacity and productivity and there's also uh, i think potential of especially with more sustainable media with zanita board particular is cardboard engineering and what what can we do um, push more of the 3D side of things. I mean, we did introduce 3D design and CAD design last year into the retail side of things, Great. which has had a massive impact. So it's now I've spoken to our a CAD team and we've got the support of Zanita team with Antalis in South Africa on what, what can we do with cardboard and how can we replace uh, traditional like MDFs and plastics yes. and reproducing in sustainable products. So I think it's we're just going to develop on, on what, what we're doing at the minute and just just kind of focus on pushing pushing what we're good at. At That's the same funny. time, little ideas sneaking in. So it's yeah, it's, uh, it's trying to keep it innovating. level and making yeah. That's great. Never stop innovating. And my my head just races sometimes. My positive energy. I think it's going to drive me insane. And it might I'm do, a million miles an hour. Like it. ideas in my head. And <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll never I'll never stop. And even when when I'm on holiday and I'm laid on a sunbed, I'll just pop up and. I think, right, I've, I've got an idea. <laughs> Write it down, I'll email the guys at work, and I'll, 
will you just go back to your sunbed? <laughs> Nathan, don't stop but doing no, it's any of important that. And it, it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's important and it, it keeps us going and it, it keeps us fresh and that's why we enjoy coming to work and it's, it's uh, yeah, we love it. Very proud. Nathan, that's why you're so successful. Congratulations. And um, thank you so much for your insights today. Thank, thank you. you also for your honesty um, and look forward to watching your business flourish over the years ahead. Nathan, thank you so much. I'll also make sure that in the podcast notes, um, all the details are here for people to contact you and visit the Image Co website. Thank you so much, Nathan. It's been a pleasure to talk yeah, with you. Do. And um, keep up all the great work. Speak soon. You're welcome and thank you and stay, stay safe out there. Yes, yeah, stay safe. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>